And uh, he's like, well, I'm going to go elk hunting out in Colorado in the back of the mountains. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, I'll, I'll go. And he, like, he didn't think anything of it. And like a week later, he comes back in the gym. I was like, oh, I got my, I got my tag. He's like, oh, you were serious. And he's like, have you ever been camping? I was like, no. He goes, okay. And we ended up backpacking in the mountains. Um, ended up just being a comedy of errors of just getting my ass kicked on the mountain. And then uh, I was hooked. Just like the jujitsu, got beat up, and I was like, I'm in. What do I got to do to figure this out? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Pohada Podcast. I am, as always, your host, Matt Browse of Pohada Photography. This is another edition of BSing with a Black Belt, this time around with my friend Kurt Hartman of Pro Fitness Training. If that name sounds familiar, that is indeed where Academy Eden Prairie is. Before we jump in, do me a solid and get on the Instagram and the Facebook and check out at Pohada Photography as well as at the Pohada Podcast. Like, subscribe, follow, share with a friend. Same thing with this podcast. If you could give us a rating and share it with a friend, that would be great. Help us grow the show. Kurt and I get into jujitsu and fitness and hunting his newest passion as well as the archery that goes along with it. And later on in the conversation, we go full fitness meathead. Anyhow, without further ado, my conversation with Pedro Sauer Black Belt under Greg Nelson, Kurt Hartman. Kurt Hartman. Mr. Rouse. <laughs> As I understand it, you are a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Black Belt. Yes, sir. And you're a fitness guy. Yes. Like you own a gym, a fitness gym. Pro fitness training in Eden Prairie. Pro fitness, pro, say it again. Pro fitness training. <laughs> You're getting crotched by a dog. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, Opie, go lay down. Oh, God. Pukies. Uh, so I think the first uh, question I should ask you is, have you been streaming anything good? Oh, man. What Lately? did we just watch? Been watching anything? Uh, Guilty Pleasure, Ozark. Uh, we just wrapped that up. Um, I'm trying to think of what we watched before that. Why would that be a guilty pleasure? I'm getting sold on watching Ozark from all sides. Yeah, I I just I find shows predictable after a while, even when they're like well, yeah, they chaotic. are predictable. Yeah, Aren't so they? then I just lose interest. Okay, that's fair. But that was didn't make it a guilty pleasure. It's just you're bored with it. That's your fault. Uh, Dope sick. That was the one I was thinking of. Watch that on Hulu. Dosick. Dope sick. Dope. Sick. Yeah, it's about the Sackler family and the Oxycontin, how they got doctors oh, prescribe it. Yeah, so, yeah. Got Michael Keaton in it. I did see something for that. Yeah. Um, why is so much entertainment and TV and stuff so depressing? I have no idea. Both things you listed are gnarly. Yeah. My favorite shows of all time, you know, the good stuff like Sopranos and Breaking Bad, they're all so yeah. dark and yeah, dark themed for sure. Yeah, I can't get my wife to watch Breaking Bad. She's I like probably that right. I loved it, but she's probably right. <laughs> yeah, that's that. that she doesn't so, want it in her head. Yeah. Well, okay. So their guilty pleasure is not that it, the show's going to be bad. It's that this is not good for us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> guilty watching it because it's gross stuff. Yeah. More or less. Uh, I have a list in my head of, it's I call it the punch the wall playlist. Okay. And we watched a, a new one that made it onto that list. So the show, it was a recurring docuseries called The Keepers. Okay. That's mm-hmm. one. And there's another one is, what's it called? Like Dear Zachary. 
and it was like the a letter and a doc the documentary was a letter written to a kid who had passed away okay with terrifying horrible human being circumstances and then we watched one the other day called rewind so i call this the punch the wall playlist because about halfway through 75 percent of the way through you want to punch a wall yeah yeah. (laughs) like like you wish it was fiction you know i wish this was a guilty pleasure you know what i'm saying so but knowing that that type of evil is out there man yeah I don't even want to I, go into the show. It's called Rewind. Don't watch it. Nobody s- watch it. Someone uh, recently, a client was telling me about You're that. You familiar with the Broad Strokes a, of it? A little bit of it, yeah. And he My said the same God. thing. He's like, don't. Don't do it. Don't do it. I mean, that's watch what, these shows. They're great. But like, don't watch these shows. Yeah. Oh, my God. He said it was stuff that will never leave him, is what he is how he put it. Oh, that's a perfect way of phrasing it. <laughs> like a bad way. Perfect yep. way. Okay. That got dark and heavy. Let's yeah. talk about yeah. jujitsu. Yeah, let's talk more about sports. <laughs> sports for sure. <laughs> uh, you are a black belt, uh, Pedro Sauer Association. Correct. Got it from Greg. Greg. Yep. When did you get it? Uh, five, I'll go five years, four or five years ago, something like that. Why do so many of you guys just not know that? I, I would. Know. I would know the like the minute, the hour. It was June. I know that. Okay. Uh, Twenty sixteen, something like that. That sounds right. Nah, 2017, I think. 2017. June June 17. I should know that better. It's written on my belt. <laughs> oh, yeah, you did that. See, yeah. there there you go. You don't need to remember it because yep. you got it noted. Tell me about it. Oh, man. I got. Uh, I was lucky enough. I got to test for all my belts while Pedro was in town for purple, brown, and black. Uh, all in one weekend, huh? Yeah. Yeah, one day. <laughs> <laughs> I was so stellar. No, it took me, uh, gosh, how long have I been there? I've been at the academy the whole way through. Uh, that's that's my home base. Pretty cool. Yeah. I like um, the stories where people end up bouncing around because life is the way it is, but I also really like the stories where I kept showing up to the same building for a decade, and here we are. Yeah, I'm very routinized. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, um, part of the schedule. Uh, it's just what I do. It's on the docket, so I go. And yeah, um, it's been awesome. You know, I got my blue belt actually from Tom Schmitz while he was there. Mm-hmm. But uh, some of the names that you you know were mentioning, like Rockland and a lot of those guys, when I first started there, it was, you know, everyone who's basically out and about owning a gym now, all kind of started as the hub right. in Brooklyn Center. So, been lucky. A lot of a lot of a lot of good people to do jiu-jitsu with. When did you start? Oh uh, seven, I believe. Something like so, that. So you're in that ten year club, roughly. Yeah. Yeah. So three days a week for 10 years, and I'll be a black belt, is what you're saying. Yeah, I don't see why not. <laughs> Keep showing up. Keep showing I, up, good things happen. I give you pleasure. plenty of reasons why not. Uh, why did you start doing jiu-jitsu? Uh, I grew up doing taekwondo. I uh, did that for about 15 years. and um, Jeepers, 15 years. So we started when you were like six? No, I actually started that in my like, teens, early okay. mid-teens. Um, and that that helped shape basically everything that I do these days. So um, all it <laughs> going back to that reg, that regimented comment. Yeah, all the like, disciplines and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I I started martial arts for all the wrong reasons, and it changed the course of my life. So then I just stayed on that track. Give me the wrong reasons. Uh, I was getting in fights and wanted to look good doing it. <laughs> so you learned you started learning to fight to win fights. Yeah, I was angry well 
but that also feels a lot like the right reasons you know <laughs> yeah having grown up on 80s action movies and stuff oh, yeah. like you gotta yeah. learn to fight yeah <laughs> van damme all yeah. those movies That's... but yes also the wrong reasons tell me about it uh grew up in kind of just a broken home deal and mm-hmm. i was just angry all the time I had a really quick fuse snap on a temper and I was really scrawny. I think when I graduated my senior year, I was like 5'4", 115. So, you know, I just like, just a little spitfire, just angry all the damn time. 115? Yep. Technically an adult at 115 pounds. That, that's scary. That's very strange. <laughs> so I, I didn't grow until about two years out of high school. And I didn't grow much. <laughs> I grew a little bit more. <laughs> you don't need to grow. You need to get good. Don't be big. Be better. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, uh, what, do you like Taekwondo? You still I, do I any of that it. stuff? Uh, I still do a lot of the kicks and everything. Um, great Academy there. World Taekwondo Academy is where I started with that. Uh, that whole family. That's what set me, like I said, on my path with exercise and going to school for, you know, kinesiology and all that all started right there. So that was the source that, that tightened the reins on life for you. Yeah. You're, you're a wild man. Uh, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Unfocused. Unfocused. That'd be Not, a, yeah. That's a didn't better. Didn't have a lot of direction. Correct. Yeah. It's a way better way to put to it. Showing up to a place like that to do an activity like that with people like that changes the course a little bit. One hundred percent. Did yeah. you compete? I did. Yeah. Nothing crazy at a state level. Didn't do anything crazy national level, anything like that. But uh, most of that was because of my home life bouncing around too. So, um, but yeah, through that, um, got an interest in. Someone's like, "Hey, you ever tried jujitsu?" And uh, I was like, no. And then I went and tried a class, loved it, uh, and then started searching. So, you know, back in dial-up days, uh, get to <laughs> old Google that way. And uh, at the time, I think it was the Academy, maybe Warriors Cove, mm-hmm. and then uh, Mario Roberto, but he's down in, like, Rochester. Yeah. So, he was just that was just too far away. Right. Um, so far from all these conversations, that's my impression is... There's a five something year period where you had a couple options, but those were the options. Those, yeah, those three right there. Yep. Um, instantly fell in love. I mean, if you're doing any research on Greg Nelson, will kind of blow your mind a little bit. Even realize he's really like an encyclopedia of martial arts. So, mm-hmm. um, luckily went there, got beat up really bad, and signed up the day before, you know before even the trial was over. <laughs> yeah. Also, a common thing I've heard in these conversations is showing up and be like, "Sure, trial." Or take my money or whatever. Yep. Like, we're doing this. I'm going to be coming back every day. Yeah. Do you remember your first day? I do, yeah. Um, my first role at the Academy was with Jin, who is in Latvia. I think he's been mentioned on your podcast uh, yes, before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at the time, he was a brown belt, and he toyed with me. He's about my size, maybe even a little bit smaller, and he just he literally did whatever he want effortlessly. And at the time, I think I was a second-degree black belt in Taekwondo, so I thought, like, I know how to defend myself. You know, I've been fighting, like, no clue. He just yeah. talked trash me the whole time. Right. And what, what were you going to do, kick him in the head? That didn't seem very nice. Yeah. Maybe I would have tried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could have done nothing. Um, and he had a thick Russian accent. Um, that's like the joke now. You white belt, come here. Uh, you want triangle or you want armbar? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you think they just give brown belt away? Like, I mean, just all of it. And... <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. It, it it was exactly what I needed to sign me up. Do, do you think it's you think a role like that is the way to go for somebody's like first day, first week? 
No. For me, just because I had martial arts experience, I guess that helped. But yeah, I think you're, just, you're coming out with some context, like, okay, yeah. this is the savage in the room. I understand why this is happening yep. to me. Yeah, and I was I was okay with getting roughed up. Like I understood like that was going to be part right, of it. Right. Um. You know, they didn't have intro classes at the time. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, here, okay, cool, yep, classes in back. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> yeah. Um. But they've gotten so much better. All schools now have yeah, that yeah. nice way to like. You know, get your fundamentals up to par. I guess what I'm asking is, it feels like there's still an inherent availability of a negative experience in my first day, my first week. Yeah. And it's more than likely some other asshole who's roughly in his first week, first month, right? Yep. Like, like yep. you know, the two of us. <laughs> Jolting around. Stuff and, <laughs> you know, because you know, we don't understand any of the context of it. Yeah. So it seems to me that, you know, like my buddy Teddy effortlessly and calmly talking in my ear and telling me what he's doing and why he's doing it yeah. within my first week would be like a good thing. Like he didn't rough me up, yeah. but he joked around and he's like giving me the context, let's say. Yeah. Seems like that'd be a good thing yeah. versus to to sprinkle in something like that versus where I might end up spending my first few weeks with other know-nothing white belts, all of us out of breath and freaking out. Yeah. Plus, enough of you guys have said something like, yep, this guy, this time, my second week in, rolled with me, and I was just extra sold on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it was, seems like it was good that thing. day I went up uh, to the cashier right afterwards, or the front desk, and uh, I was like, I'm in. They're like, well, you know, you still have this many classes on your trial. I was like, I don't, I don't need them. I'm in. <laughs> Yeah. I need to learn what he just did to me. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, it, it is kind of a fight or flight thing. Fight meaning I'm embracing this. Yeah. We're in. Like, I don't know. I want the magical power that that guy had, right? Or, yeah. Or like my ego can't handle that and I'm never coming back. I got my ego knocked out of me a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> literally, I would yeah. assume. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, quite literally. Uh, tell me about Taekwondo competition, though. Yeah, what do or you want? taekwondo training. Like I, I assume assume I know nothing. Okay, so uh, well, good I I at time loved it. Um, my grandmaster at the time was Grandmaster Byung Yoo Lee. He actually passed away, but uh, he was actually sent here from the Korean government to educate the United States about taekwondo. Um, and he was like the Mr. Korea. Or he became a world renowned instructor over in Korea, and then came here in 1969. Uh, and then he had two sons that. Grew up in their whole life, um, both master now both grandmasters, uh, in and oi. And uh, I got lucky. I got like kind of like the old school training. I mean, the first school I went to didn't have like padded mats on the floor yet. And uh, mm. yeah, it hurt. That, that's lucky. <laughs> it was. I mean, we did uh, a lot of like what they called bone conditioning at time, which yeah. is stuff you wouldn't do anymore. You mm-hmm. know, kind of pay for in the long run. But for where I was at and where my headspace was, it was perfect. Perfect for me. <laughs> It was the right edge. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But I, I have some numb spots on my shin still and, you know, <laughs> some swollen knuckles in certain spots from doing some stuff, but... Your tissues are tougher, but they're also fast-tracking to arthritis. Yes. This is the problem with yeah. a lot of that stuff, yeah. right? So you, you are two generations away from a legitimate, from Korea, the homeland of the art grandmaster. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he was, uh, for a guy, he, I mean, he would do class with us in his 60s uh, and just 
he could hold a sidekick at your face and talk to you. I mean, it was fast. Like I was, I was all in being, yeah. you know, like you said, eighties action flicks. Yeah, man. Yeah. He was You're like a real life ninja stuff. at the time. You know? Yeah. 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 Which it goes back to that, that first role with, uh, the, say his name. Jin. Jin from yeah. Latvia of like, holy crap. Yeah. You know, you're seeing stuff you knew was out there being applied to you. It's a good sell. Yeah. Uh, tell me about a, a Taekwondo competition. What, what do I do in a Taekwondo competition? Uh, so you can generally compete in forms, uh, you know, like choreographed forms going through that way. So certain yeah. forms are routines for each belt level or rank. A lot of shouting or is that karate? More so karate. There is some in Taekwondo, yeah. but not like the bone, like the, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, your whole body's <laughs> trembling, shaking. That's, that's more karate. Okay. Uh, and I'm not like a big a, fan of shouting. <laughs> so everybody calm down. <laughs> so. Um, and then they had Olympic style sparring. So you can do anything you want with kicks. It's a kicking based art, uh, but not with punch. So you could kick someone in the head, fall out, knock them out. No big deal. But you couldn't do it if you, you, you're not allowed to punch them in the face and do it. I can sort of do strikes like punches to, to the, the body, body and whatever. But yep. I, yeah, they take boxing out of it effectively. Yes. Yep. Um, Why? What? That's a good question. I don't know. The first couple. I of feel like if I you did, were going to hit me, Kurt, I would be like, "Please leave your feet on the ground <laughs> and just punch me in the head." Yeah, I'd like, rather be don't punched. kick me. Yeah, I'd rather be punched. So what's the deal? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I suppose more effective weapons. So that's what we're going to train, right? Like, if you're going to have to hit somebody, this is how you hit them. Yeah. Well, and it it changed. The first couple of tournaments I did, we could, and then it was like they made a rule. It was like a rule across all tournaments that it was just. Oh. Kicking only. So you came in around the time there was an inflection point in the rules and they changed it? Yes. You ever straight knock somebody out in a tournament? Twice, yeah. You ever been knocked out in a tournament? Uh, in a tournament, no, but in life, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I've, I've gotten my nose broken in a tournament. I was hoping you were going to say, <laughs> I can't remember. And then I'd be able to be like, well, that's a yes yeah, then. That's a yes then. Bo- broken nose? Yeah. Kicked uh, in the nose? I did. Kicked? My nose flattened. Oh, my God. Still to this day goes flat. What is with fighting sports? <laughs> oh, my I God. I had it coming. I uh, I was taunting, put my hands down, kind of showboating a little bit, and uh, yeah. caught a shin to the face. Anybody catch it on video? No. It's one of the best highlight reels on YouTube, right, is those clips of all the guys in their cage fights putting their arms down and dancing oh, yeah. and then just getting, getting knocked out. Just getting out. ripped. Yeah. I, You're I one of those guys. Huh? Learned to keep my hands up after yeah. that. Yeah, it was good. Good lesson. So what do you knock people out? Like big, crazy, wild roundhouse kick? The Yeah, the first one. And I and so if, you, if it happens, you're supposed to turn and bow and like look away and be respectful. I was, I think I was like 17, something like that. And the first time I did it, I was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> turn around just screaming. Start taunting. And then I realized, I was like, oh, I got to. Right, calm be down. Be calm about this. But I was I was a little too excited the first time I did it. Uh, I can relate, though. Like, yeah. That seems, talk about an awesome expression of power. Of you were awake, and now you're not awake. Yeah. Not as gentle as jujitsu, though. No. Uh, but also, you know, 17-year-old. Yeah. Aggressive kid. Trust me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm still 10% there. So it feels to anybody that would be listening to this, like I glazed over the comment you made about 
not being knocked out in competition. Yeah. But being knocked out in life. A couple times, yeah. So I got to ask you about that. Okay, yeah. What um, are you doing getting knocked out in real life for? Uh, going off jumps on a bike. What? That's going going off what? jumps on a sled. <laughs> uh, and one of them was getting kicked. So one of, one of them was martial arts training. In training. In training. Not like Cobra Kai standoff in no, the parking lot no, kind I'm of thing. Got clipped. Zigged when I should have zagged. We're going to have to come up with a better story. Yeah. Patch it in, edit it in later. How do you go out? You get knocked out on a bike jump? Yeah. You, I feel like you probably didn't land on your wheels then. I did not. Uh, landed with the handlebars in the chest, rolled mm. over and faced in the concrete. Oh, my God. Uh, another one was the back of the head on a bike. Also uh, went off a jump, landed backwards. And then the sledding one was the worst one. I lost three days of my life i have no clue what happened from sledding sledding yeah sliding sledding what'd you hit i I have i I still like it seemed like a shady situation no one ever really gave me clear definition me and a couple friends went sledding you know we're going off jumps um i woke up three days later at home yeah i have I have, i have no recollection of the fall i have no recollection of the day it happened like three days of my life were gone whoa yeah that was a weird one. And nobody said, yeah, you hit a car. No. Nope. You, you made it all the way out to the parking lot and hit a car. It happened to me once. <laughs> I got wedged under a parked car Ooh. sledding. But what, so you're at home, like with your parents or whoever? Yes, I woke up um, and I was, I don't know, like sixth, seventh grade, something like that. Sure. Um, and I remember I woke up and my sister and my mom were on my bed crying. Like, and I woke up and I'm like, why are you in my room? Like, what are you doing here? And they're like, you like, you don't remember? I'm like, remember what? Like, and then I went to roll to wake up, and they were so worried about my head at the time, they didn't realize I broke my collarbone. So I went to like roll out of bed, and I felt the bones go, and I was like, <laughs> bones ain't supposed to move. No. Like so uh, then we had to go back and get that set, which was. Wait a minute. So you're just straight unconscious. <laughs> yeah. Like at home in your bed. I well apparently I've been like works? in and out of consciousness. Oh, apparently oh, I was oh. talking. I don't have any recollection. Weird. Super weird. Super weird. And you don't know how it happened? Nope. What? Yeah. That's the problem with hanging out with your buddies. They're like, get some leaves. Yeah. Put some leaves on it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know no one. Do. No one. I don't, no one wanted to tell me. Oh my god, that's yeah. ominous. Yeah. They just told me. I just kept asking, "What time is it? What time is it? What time is it?" Well, that's a good thing to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not totally disappointed in those knockout stories then. Again, I was hoping it was some barroom brawls and whatever. No, not not, not too many of those. <laughs> not yet. There's still time. Yeah, it's early. Uh, you compete in jiu-jitsu? I did up until I think like purple, blue belt, purple belt. Um, and that was right around the time that I opened the gym. Oh, yeah. He grew up, started a business. Something like that, yeah. yeah. What's the name of your gym? Pro Fitness Training. Nothing but fitness, huh? Uh, though, well, we have uh, jiu-jitsu there, Muay Thai. Uh, the Academy Eden Prairie is in my location. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, yeah, it's it's great. It's pretty good. It beats working, doesn't it? It most certainly does. Yeah. yeah very, very lucky. Uh, I have altogether trained people for different things. 
for a living and it definitely beats working, but I've never fully until recently done it like for myself. Like I have no intention of opening a gym of my own, but yeah. by and large doing it for myself now, way better. Yeah. It's the awesome. less version of working you do, the better life is. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you love it, it's not working, right? Uh, yes. Maybe. Mostly. <laughs> You posted a great video, uh, a lot of gym videos available in the world these days, and you mm-hmm. posted a great one. You post a lot of good ones over the years, oh, I've noticed. Thank you. But you posted a great one the other day that was a fast motion thing. Oh, yeah, the cleaning? Cleaning. <laughs> that is what I do more than anything uh, else in that uh, gym. I'm sure, yeah. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. Uh, gyms are gross a lot of the times. Yeah. Martial arts gym's pretty good most of the time, but like, because you kind of have to, like yeah. people are going to be aware of the fact that their face is being pressed into the floor and whatnot. But gyms, gyms, you know, they get, fitness they get, gyms. They get, they get bad. Just fill the room full of stuff. All right, you guys go use it. And then, mm-hmm. ugh, Oh, yeah. Gross. So I was really happy to see that. There should be like some industry standard that once a week you post video footage <laughs> to cleaning your facility <laughs> and then I'll join. Yeah. Gross. You also posted a video a couple years ago now. This is probably pre pre pandemic stuff where you man, what was the move? It's a little clip of like a like a rolling back into a pistol squat and then coming up. Shoot, I should have looked it up. But I went to do it. I set my phone up to record it and everything. Yeah. Because I'm like, yeah, I can work some pistols, especially with some momentum and, you know, this and that and whatever. And I had people watching me at the gym where oh, I was the worst. Pri- primarily working. It's like <laughs> clients of mine, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I realized I went to do it and it was it was a thing where you, you know, had to roll back onto your toe, onto your the ball of your foot, then mm-hmm. get to a flat foot position and then come, come up back into a pistol squat, right? And I realized I couldn't get the big toe extension okay in order to i could don't have the range of motion in either of my big toes in an extension to to get back there and oh, like it felt ouch. like i was gonna just absolutely crack my toe and foot in half mm-hmm. you know and so you know what i did to to get that better nothing <laughs> i completely <laughs> never tried it, it again and avoided <laughs> all those exercises i love Little clips like that, little exercise clips, because it's always like, oh, man, look at that little trick. Oh, I never even thought of that. You can kind of do it. But most of the time, it just feeds my failure mentality. (laughs) Well, that leads into what I was trying to say earlier is, you know, that's why I was surprised that we had met earlier is the the gym environments that we'd been around in. I know you're doing the powerlifting, and you know, we have that mutual friend, Adam Glass. Yeah, a few people, just nature of social media these days. And then, I was going to look it up when you and I became like Facebook friends because I would imagine it's like 2005 or six or something. It's got to be a while ago. Yeah. yeah. I sent you a message several years ago. I was like, hey, is your gym friendly to people that want to train for powerlifting? You never replied. See, that's... How dare you, sir? Yeah, see, that's what we were talking about, like all the messaging <laughs> things. I was just talking to my oh, wife about, man. I get blocked between Facebook, Instagram, email, like... Yeah. Yeah. I don't... I don't I struggle to keep up. Facebook Messenger. Yeah, people can email me. I have a powerlifting Instagram, like a coaching Instagram. I have two Pohada Instagrams. I saw it. They each have an attached Facebook page thing because you want to kind of cover all the bases. Mm -hmm. And then I got nonsense beyond that. Like I've completely lost conversations. Yeah. 
Like, I have no idea where this person told me they were going to be there that day, but I know why I wasn't there to meet them, because I can't find it. Yeah, it's nuts. Text me, bro. (laughs) Just text me. (laughs) I'm way better with that. Yeah, totally. Uh, Why do you you think it, it was just time commitment to stop competing once you grew up and opened a business? Yeah. I mean, three days a week, I I don't feel that that's respectful even to other competitors, knowing, just knowing what it goes into it for the time that they put in. And if I'm only being able to train three days a week, showing up and trying to compete with someone who's making that their life, I don't feel that's a little disrespectful. Really? Yeah. That's an interesting take. Yeah. Like, there's an honor element in that you weren't able to train every as, single as, day as I feel like you should. to go and compete Therefore, you just didn't. Yeah. What if you show up on three days a week and kick some ass? That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> right. I can tell by the smile there. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, there's yeah. an option. I mean, well, I, I guess I, t- I get it both ways, but. I mean, as you know, I mean, you're doing jiu-jitsu, like, I think I suck most of the time. So that's that doesn't help it either. I mean, obviously, I know I know I'm smart enough to know that I don't, but I also am smart enough to know that I'm not that good. Sure. I mean, I I train with a lot of you know a lot of these top level guys. There's a lot of good jujitsu in this state, man. I I have a pretty good feel of where my where my game's at. <laughs> uh, how, do you, you do you consider competing in jujitsu valuable? Oh, one hundred percent. I feel like competing in anything to some degree is vital. Yeah, yeah. Particularly in those earlier stages. I guess what I'm the question, real question I'm working up to is: Do you wish you would have competed more? Yes. Okay. Do I still get the itch to compete? Yes. I've, I've had a few injuries along the way that have kind of staggered that too. But yeah, I, I still have the itch in there every now and then. So let's do it. All right. <laughs> I should have said let's. Oh, shit. Kelly uh, tries to get me to do it a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of peer pressure in jujitsu. Yeah. Jujitsu is peer pressure. Mm-hmm. Now that I think of it in the most literal sense. Mm-hmm. How'd you do competition-wise back in the day? In Taekwondo, I did pretty good. Jiu-Jitsu, pretty average. Um, Won a couple, lost a couple. Yeah, nothing nothing spectacular. Mostly local. Yeah, sub-hunts. Yep. Yeah, that was the main thing the main th- main back in the day. Yep. They're still around, right? It's been a few years. Um, I, I mean, I the, talk that to Andy. organization I don't know still one. exists, I guess. I would think so. I mean, like Andy, it, Andy was mostly, Andy Ground was mostly the running those deals around here. Sure. Is, is it like a national organization and he was running it locally? I don't think so. I think it's just a, I think it's purely local. Just like a, a brand that he made. Okay. I think so, yeah. But like the Academy was like the main right. starter for that, I think, as far as I know. It's amazing how little I know, even after all these many conversations. <laughs> I'm always like, oh, I didn't think of that. Yeah. Stupid. Uh, tell me about Pro Fitness, say the rest of the name. Training? Pro Fitness Training. Yeah. What's what's the deal? Sell me on it. Oh, man. It is a, I guess if I had to sum it up, it's a movement-based gym, so it's always movement first. Um, I truly feel that the body was meant to move in lots of ways. You have full control of your range of motion and all your joints and everything. So uh, Except for the big toe, right? Except for the big toe. Don't need to worry about that one. Yeah, you can fix that up, though. <laughs> um, so always starting, you know, and it's just great. To, you just get to meet people where they're at. And just help build from there. It's, obviously, you know that that's basically everything. Mm-hmm. It's not not rocket science. Thank um, God. <laughs> <laughs> so just helping people move better. Um, 
is the main principle. And then once, obviously, once they can move better without weights, you can start progressively loading it and helping improve that way too. So we have mostly kettlebells. Um, you know, it kind of looks like if you were to look at it, it look like a CrossFit setup, but it's definitely not CrossFit. I don't have people just do things as fast as they can mm-hmm. with lots of weight. So you More got, of a, like I said, form focused. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Here, here's what, here's the thing. Here's the version you can do and let's work on getting it better. Love it. And then better and then better. It's a movement based gym. Yeah. Where we love our clients. Most. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, big wide open space. Yeah. Some stuff along the wall that you can take out yeah. and use. Maybe a set of racks. What's it look like? Yeah. We have one squat rack up front. Um, basically treating your body as a machine. There's no treadmills, no machines like that in there. Um, kettlebells, resistance bands, medicine balls, gymnastics rings. You know, we got our heavy bags. We got our martial arts area. But it's just like a big playground. Yeah, man. And that's the perfect way to describe it. There's like at least three different factions in the fitness industry, it seems like. Mm-hmm. And the big faction, the big box fitness center is becoming almost a different level, like the lifetime effect. Yeah. Where it's like, I'm going to lifetime to get my hair done and I got a nail appointment afterwards and I'm meeting a friend at the juice bar. Yeah. It's wild. Right? So you went to lifetime and did nothing resembling exercise, right? You know, and it's amazing. Amazing. Like develop that, have it. Yep. Cool. But like the anti, it's almost like a, a dodgeball setup minus the satire where there's yeah. like Globo Gym. Globo Gym, yeah. And then there's like, sure, come on in, hang out at our gym. There's, yeah. that, there's that crowd, you know. I'd vibe more with the average Joe crowd. Same. And <laughs> in part of that, it seems to me like, and I've worked in a wide variety of these now, most of my years in a big box fitness center, mm-hmm. which was a conscious decision despite not being the guy, like yeah. standing out like a sore thumb, you know. Um I like a gym like yours because of the word playground, like exactly what you just said. There's some industry standard or fabricated industry standard where when I walk in to tour a gym, I want to see certain things. I want to see a full set of selectorized equipment. So I got my chest press and my row and my leg press and all that. And I want plenty of cardio options, a big long line of boring ass walking in place options, right? Human hamster wheels. Yeah. Which, by the way, that's a renewable energy idea. If we're going to have that set up, let's 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 revert some of that energy into like keeping the lights on. Anyway, (laughs) but to me, and I wish more people understood that, like walk into a martial arts gym, what do you see? A big open matted space, Mm -hmm. some bags along the side, you know, or whatever. Like you have space to move and do. Yeah. And like this... Even CrossFit gyms, it's a big open space. Mm-hmm. Maybe like 100%. a rig, a rig off to one side or whatever, some pull-up bars, you know. But we're gonna come in here and move like humans are meant to move. Yeah. My God, should it be that way? I, like, I you're preaching the choir, man. I love yeah. it. It's it's so cool. You know, we have you know people from in their twenties that are in prime physical condition to people that are in their seventies that have never been in a gym before, and they they're all doing the same thing. And all getting a benefit out of it. It's it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, everybody can do a version of exercise X. Mm-hmm. They might not look at all the same. Yeah, but they can do a version of it and progress from there. Yeah, it's all well. It's all just movement. You know, whether it's a form of martial arts or it's a form of you know powerlifting or if you're doing kettlebells, it's all just movement. So you can just break down those movement patterns and then help people improve on all of it. 
Yeah. I started working with a, a cat that I know through jujitsu. And we got to know each other through jujitsu when he saw me, like a picture of me on M Theory's social media, getting my uh, satirical blue belt <laughs> that I have. And he came up to me at the gym I was working at because he had worked out there for years. It's like mm-hmm. one of those, hey, how you doing? One of those like morning yep. greeting guys. And he was like, hey, man, so I got a blue belt. Good job. And I was like, who the hell are you, bro? Yeah. I, what are you, why are you looking at that? You know, and he turns out he's a purple belt at the academy. So now we like know each other. And he enlisted me to help him with some of the lifting stuff. Awesome. Which is fun. And I'm describing positions, you know, on a barbell back squat or whatever mm-hmm. exercises we're doing using all the jiu-jitsu lingo awesome so instead of saying okay now keep your posture tall i'm like you're creating a frame (laughs) you know i mean because it's all completely universal the same stuff right well just moving i tell people all the time in my classes like you guys are doing jiu-jitsu you're just not doing with someone else yeah you're You're, going through all the same motions yeah your opponent is gravity Mm -hmm. it only moves one direction but all your movements are going to be the same yeah I dig it. You guys got like classes? Is that how you yeah, do it? Yeah, we do uh, classes uh, and then personal training options as well. Yeah. And then so it's just me and uh, I have a trainer there, Amy. She's phenomenal. So it's really lucky. So we got a good balance. She takes over most of the night classes. I get there usually 5.30 in the morning. So the day starts pretty early. I did that 5 a.m. thing for like a decade. I'm reasonably happy. I'm still up, but I'm like making coffee at my apartment. You know what I mean? Yeah. A little more leisurely. I love it, man. I love it. I love working in the morning. I love like, you know, getting people up and in the gym and out of the gym before they had to work. But man, is it nice to just kick back, have (laughs) some bacon. Well, I got the two little ones too. So there's, there's none of that. (laughs) (laughs) Your kids do uh, stuff? A ton of stuff. Yeah. My daughter, Vienna, she's the oldest. She's five. Um, She did jujitsu this morning. So, um, she does jujitsu, swimming, and dance, and she'd be happy to tell you that if she was here herself. Those would be the first three things that she'd probably tell you in jujitsu. And then uh, my youngest, Harbor, is three, and she's just itching to get in jujitsu. But she does swimming and dance as well right now. Why doesn't she do jujitsu? We're waiting until she's at least four. It's the gym rules typically four, yeah. right? Well, I mean, I feel like you have some leverage. Yeah. To just get her in there. Yeah. You know? I mean, they 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 would totally <laughs> let her in there. Yeah. Um, and I do jujitsu at home with them. They both have done arm bars. There every every time I've changed their diapers since the day <laughs> they were born, I would put my arm in and wrap their arm and legs around, and I would try to lift them up and have them hold on. So to this day, they if I say hit an arm bar, they will both grab an arm and fall back. Oh my god, that's awesome! <laughs> that's super cool. Yeah, it's uh, fun. Isn't it scary to think about how pervasively available to everyone, nearly, and at a very young age, jujitsu is? Yeah. Like I wish, you stumbled I on it at, at what age were you? You said 20, like 24, something right. like 24, something so like that. So whatever inherent biological development that was going to happen for you had happened. Happened. Mm-hmm. Right. So you were fully developed adult when you started jujitsu. Mm-hmm. And then you think of like those prime motor development years. There's a huge mass of people internalizing those movements so much better yeah. than you and I ever had the chance to. 100%, yeah. And you see some of these guys today, and it's nuts. You train in a phenomenal gym, and you glossed over that, by the way, getting a blue belt from Ish. No, I didn't. <laughs> I said it right into the microphone. <laughs> I just said it's a joke. 
He's playing one big joke on Nah, I don't know about My that. next belt is going to be a white belt. You watch. <laughs> He's going to call me up and be like, here, you're a white belt again. I mean, I could see it, but he wouldn't just give you a blue belt either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, and, there, and there is a few kids there. You know, uh, Young Max is one who's kind of a big, beefy boy, actually. Okay. And, like, I'm a big, beefy boy, but there's a different feel to Young Max's big, beefy. Okay. And he, he, he knows how to use it a little bit. He is so much better. And, like, making those kid leaps and bounds in motor development and control and stuff. He's going to be a savage. You know? And there again, like, look at how many kids are in kids' classes at gyms. Yeah. Oh my god! Even if they just do a couple years, like yeah. the 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 mo- like the, the way I'd explain it is this: the single best football player I knew personally, like played with, watched him go off to college and play, played like twelve years of soccer, growing up. His footwork off in everything related to football off the charts is exactly the mm-hmm. right word. Mm-hmm. Like his ability to move and maneuver and change direction was incredible because in his prime motor development years, he was doing all that wacky soccer stuff. Yep. You and know? so it was second age with him. Yeah. Yep. And we would, I'd be falling over trying to move that way. Yeah. It's excellent. It's fun to watch. See Super that. fun. Yeah. It's... So yeah, you get, you got a kid's class, 20 kids or something, three of them keep going for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Forget about it. Yeah. And then Never you get the ones that are lifers and it's, even scarier. Way scary. Greg's son, Gunner. You ever seen him? I have not that yet. That kid is a savage. <laughs> and he's only going to get better. What, where is he at? What level? What level and where is he at, actually? I don't even know if he wears a belt, but he's, I want to say, he... You know what I mean. He, like, yeah. I mean, clearly his whole, he's he's a life in... Oh, yeah. I mean, like, he's been doing it. There's no belts for that. No. No. <laughs> not the way we use them, right? No. Where, where does he train? At the academy. Oh, Every now and then, yeah. but yeah, when you know it's his dad, so I'm sure Greg just trained him his whole life. I'm sure. Yeah, diaper. Yeah, same same setup. I'm diaper sure. arm bars. Yeah, there's something here. There's a marketing opportunity. There's got to be. Here. Yeah, my five year old hit a uh, flying arm bar on me, like legit. I tied her up to get her ready for bed, put my hand behind her neck, and uh, she jumped up and fell back into it. One of, one of my proudest parenting moments. <laughs> It's kind of embarrassing, too. I got caught by a five-year-old girl. <laughs> That's not embarrassing at all. When it's your five-year-old girl, not embarrassing yep. at all. It was yeah. awesome. You trained her for that moment. Yep. And my, my wife has actually recently gotten, wanted to start learning. It's taken me forever, but now she wants to learn a little bit. So Why do you think it took forever? Uh, she's slightly claustrophobic. Oh, yeah. And so she doesn't like to be smothered. Uh-huh. And I'd, you know, I'd come home all excited to show her a new move. Mm-hmm. Which she probably just didn't like getting demoed on all the time either. Yeah, once it jujitsu became normal and routine and almost business like for you, then she started building interest in it because you weren't pestering her about it. Pro- probably there's probably something to that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you finally shut up about it once in a while, and now she's interested. Well, that's good. I think it, it seems to me like there's some degree of everyone should do it or something like I it. I think so to at least some degree. I would I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um at at your place? Is of course. Of course. Uh, you never know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean honestly, there's so many good jujitsu. I mean, I, I feel ashamed to say it. I've never been to M3. I haven't been there yet. I've talked to Ish about it a bunch of times. I've sure I need to get out there, but I'm either at my place or I go to Brooklyn Center and that's about it. Your routine. Uh, I am very organized. R- routine. Almost almost 
too much. Well, and if it if it's working, what you know, why break it? Yeah, I get the globe trotter thing. Like a, a buddy of mine, uh, Chris Claviter, is notoriously at least a local globe trotter. Yeah, he's, he's probably been, to, been, been an extended them. member of like twelve different gyms. Meaning, like a year here, a year there, a year oh, there. Oh yeah, like wild. And it's just his personality. He's in Wisconsin now, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just his personality. Like anybody that knows him, is like, well, no shit. Of course, that's how he is, right? Uh, I think I'd land more in the camp of like, oh, this is the place I go Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah, you know, like you are. Um, how long has she been at it? I'm sorry. How Why long the gal been at it? <sighs> like dating wise, or like jujitsu wise? Jujitsu first. Jujitsu, um, probably within the last year, like the the year, two years actually, cause like the COVID closure. She sure. started kind of wanted to drill a little more. Um, you, you think twenty twenty brought a little squirreliness? Like okay, something. Let's let's do something. So she started doing some jujitsu. Yeah, and she's actually she's legitimately good. Yeah. <laughs> like so, um, she's scrappy. She's hard to hold down. Um, oh, I hate those training partners. Yeah. Scrappy and hard to hold down. Just yeah. hold still, so I can try to do this. Yeah. I would kick my coverage with her, so that's good. <laughs> good, good. good. Uh, but but together for going on thirteen, this will be our ten year marriage anniversary in April, and we're together nice. for roughly two years before that. Two and a half, nice, something like that. So yeah, good. That's a good run. Keep it going. Yeah, well, yeah, well fight the I stats. That, I don't see that changing yeah. either. <laughs> good, good. You if you rolled with her, yeah, like rolled, rolled. No, like like me. No, not like beating her up. You know yeah. you can, right? Just by years of experience. But we've like, done we've done some light rolling, done some training, and yeah. Stuff. Like, um, yeah, she's good at defending her neck. Um, she doesn't. She keeps her elbows in tight. Yeah, she, she's pretty Am good. You supposed to keep your elbows in tight? <sighs> Unless you're a power lifter. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost better out here right now. Because <laughs> then what happens is they grab your arm and you can tap and be done and, and take be done. a break. Easy. No more heavy breathing. Um. A whole family of jujitsu people. Yeah. Be awesome. It? it is awesome. It's, it's Gracie's, isn't it? That's how it all started. <laughs> mm, is it? Episode preview moment. I'm bringing three people who are super duper nerds in okay. general, but certainly about jujitsu to sit on these mics and explain the development of jujitsu history to me. Awesome. <clears throat> I'm Hopefully. in. Yeah. Uh, Couple couple weeks from when we're sitting here right now, yeah, I'm gonna say, okay, who invented jujitsu, and then let these three dorks argue out the details. Yeah, they're gonna have books in front of them. I know it. Yeah. I don't care who invented it. I just love it. Uh, me neither. <laughs> but I think it'll be fun to oh, hear. Super them interesting. Parse out the yeah. details. And I'm whatnot. definitely gonna yeah. listen. Um, what do you, what what's your 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 jujitsu game like? Oof. Uh, it changes. It's changed a lot. Um. After each injury, it'll change a little bit. You know, you roll a little different. I, I really like, I guess when I'm on the bottom, I would go three-quarter guard, like a initial guard. I like a butterfly hook or butterfly guard in general. I like to elevate and switch the hips. Um, on top, I generally like top half. Generally, I pass through like an arm bar or swing around for something there. I feel like I can hold my own there. I guess it would be pretty good. Nothing from the feet? My takedowns are garbage. <laughs> oh, uh, this prompts a question because I know a specific thing about him. Uh, how often do you roll with Hayden? Mm, maybe like once a week. Once every other week. Because like he insists on starting from the feet all the time. Yeah. 
And your takedowns are garbage? Yeah. I'll still shoot them, though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying I don't do it. Yeah, I'm no, saying I go it for them. go well. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I just generally don't care um, yeah. if we're trying to get to the ground anyway. And I know it's not the best mindset to have, but... Sure, whatever. I'll shoot slop, and if I end up on top, great. And if I don't, whatever, I'll try to get back there. <laughs> I, I Let's go ahead and do this. I love justifying uh, bad positions and, and weaknesses and whatever. Uh, jiu-jitsu should be about being able and willing to shoot slop because no matter where I land, I can get to a better spot. I just want to get there. I want to, I want to get that connectivity. Sure. Yeah. Um, grab a hold and get started. Yeah. I go based a lot on feel or pressures and try to find my leverage points. Tell me about your favorite role of all time. Oof. And that can, whatever is easier, that can be favorite rolling partner. (laughs) Or a very specific role that you can remember. I remember a lot of individual roles. I don't, and I think it's because I'm like paying attention. I'm watching the role rather than like focusing and trying to do good. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I'm more just entertained by like how awesome this other person is most of the time. So I remember a lot of them. But if you don't, yeah, I can't think of like one specific role, but I mean, they got all the guys I came up with. I've been, they're still drink partners. You know, it's Kelly, Andy, Nat, Greg, um, Hayden, Gus. You know, a lot of a lot of good guys. It's just it's hard to pick. <laughs> you know, which one's your favorite? In a room full of savages, you know. uh, I learned. You know, you learn from everyone that you roll with too. Um, so, does that? So does that make you OG? Or, or, I don't even know is, what, is what qualifies o, that. In, this, in the state of Minnesota, let's do this. In the state of Minnesota, is OG like Greg and Greg alone? Or uh, what, what's his name from the Kali group? Rick Fay. Yeah. So are they that those two are OG? I would say, yeah. Probably Mario. Yeah. And then Ish. Yeah. And Tom Schmitz was another Schmitz. one up there. Yep. I mean, is that OG group or is that next generation? I would say that's probably OG group. I mean, sure. Anyone with three stripes on that black belt of theirs, they've been they've been yeah. doing it for a while. Just you know? math, yeah, yeah. So your second generation OG, I guess, in the state. Yeah, of Minnesota. I got it from Greg. I guess, yeah, I, I got a stripe on there. Trying to make it sound cool, <laughs> man. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm trying to look at it from the perspective of somebody who started jujitsu in the last couple of years, mm-hmm. which is exactly my perspective. Yeah, like there's there's this aura. Right about these guys that have been at it for twenty years. You yeah, know, they did it ten years before I ever heard of it. Kind of deal. Yeah, I mean, you you feel it too when you're all some of those guys. I mean, they're not even thinking; they're just all over you. Like you said, it feels like magic. Yeah, they're they're going through their shopping list that they're going to stop at Costco on the way home mm-hmm. while they're rolling with me. Yeah, and I'm like absolutely trying my hardest yeah trying to focus and remember <laughs> the glossary of terms and they're thinking shoot do we have oj as they're, as they're locking you up in a choke i hate it yeah that's why it's i so referenced that's why i referenced teddy early on here is he's a, a brown belt at m theory and actually gonna have him on here because he's working on an awesome project to help people who are competing in jujitsu and stuff nice um, is it teddy kim i think i'm friends with him on facebook teddy kim oh yeah yeah awesome um but Teddy is like, it's it. A lot of the guys are like this. You've experienced it over and over, I'm sure. But it's like an anaconda pulling you into quicksand. Yeah, you're just smothered. 
and it, it just keeps and every inch you move it just all gets tighter and worse and worse yep. but teddy has this like soothing uncle teddy vibe where he talks to you a little bit especially if you had asked a question which i always i'm always asking questions mm-hmm. and he's got this so and like right now if i take this grip and you're like, you know, the whole time. It, yeah, like, you're choking as he's doing it. It's terrible. It's magic. And again, so then you take, okay, there's guys that will do that to him. Yeah. And guys will do that to the guys. And the guy, yeah, on, on and on. on. And it's terrifying. Yeah. Just get smothered. Smothered over and over and mm-hmm. over. And by someone who's 50 pounds lighter than you. Yeah. Kelly Johnson. Yeah, monster. When I chatted with Kelly, that I brought it up. I'm like, I remember my first month, quote unquote, rolling with you after Score had forced me to show up to open roll and then destroyed me for two minutes of a six minute round and then let me like breathe. And then I skipped every other round and then Kelly walked over, 75 years old. <laughs> 115 pounds or whatever he is and i'm like 300 pounds and like 30 something and a machine yeah in some version or another and just embarrassing it's rough kelly will give you a rough go he's brutal yeah the fucking spider monkey are you spider monkey are you one of those guys i'm pretty mobile um they're gonna run around me no i'll get on you and move in ways that you don't think I should be able to and then climb up in spots I shouldn't be in. <laughs> Kinky. What does that mean, move in ways you shouldn't be able to? Uh, well, with a lot of the training I do, um, I focus a lot on like mobility and flexibility stuff. So I'll, you know, I use try to use my legs like another set of arms mostly. So I'll play a lot of high guard stuff. I'm constantly moving my legs and hips. and So I, I like to move. Are you one of those guys that if I, if... I were to mount you, you can pull your feet up behind me and hook into my armpits. armpits? Yeah, and kick you away. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. It's not even fair. <laughs> that shouldn't be allowed in the adult men's division. I'd agree with that. Uh, the person who's the best at that is Brandon Bergeron. Oh, he, really? He can, with no hands, he can scratch his forehead with his foot. No. I have a video of it on my phone. No, no, no. That's not allowed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's brutal. Yeah. There's there's a cat now, a uh, different Max at M Theory, who's now a blue belt that that'll do that stuff. Yeah. It's wild. And I just was just the other day, Friday or whatever, was talking to him. Like, you're not allowed to do that. Yeah. Trust me, I have one stripe. You don't have a stripe. Yeah. You, you outrank him. You're not allowed to do that. Yeah. It's pull rank. That's nice. That's like little girl stuff. Like you know, your kids should be able to do that. Grown men should not be able to do that. You think that you think the 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 way you lift, quote unquote, has a lot of carryover? One hundred percent. To build or that's a dumb question. I know the answer. To build or sustain your ability to do that weird stuff. Both. <laughs> Both. <laughs> I knew that was going to be the answer. Yeah. Uh, probably more and more important as you get older, right? One. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. For all the joint safety and you know, getting rid of aches and pains, you want to get those tissues to move as as well as possible. If I'm listening to you and me chat about this right now, I'm already thinking, is there a program at your gym where I can get help for this? Oh yeah, most definitely. I can come see you 
Yeah. For personal training sessions, or is there a group? Yeah, yeah. or something. You can come see me for personal training sessions. And oh. well, I mean, I guess I, I mean like specifically for jujitsu. Oh, I don't have a specific program yeah. for that, but like if me and a, a six other jujitsu guys were all like, you can do what with your legs? I want to do that when I do jujitsu. Help me do fully that. Fully open to it. Yep. But I mean, like, we need to make a class. We can, we can, we can totally make that a yeah, class. I'm an idea guy. And this I like is it. My That's a good idea. idea. This is like fitness for jujitsu or something. Yeah, and a better name than that. That's yeah. I was actually starting to put together a strength training program for it. I was, I was going to do a little book, but I like the class idea better. Don't give up on the book. Tell me about the book. Well, I put together during the closure. I put together just like an exercise encyclopedia. Um, mm-hmm. So I created like a 400 page manual. Um, I broke it up into body weight kettlebells and then medicine balls just here's exercise that you can do um and just start chipping away at that i have a 200 something page one ready to go and that one's just the body weight version with pictures descriptions on how to do the exercise all kind of stuff like transitional positions and you have it what does that mean it's like i have the file okay them. yeah I just, I just haven't printed it i don't know i haven't self i'm planning on self-publishing but i haven't uh done so, the final steps to get it done not I, mean, I, I was gonna say not to be this guy but i am this guy so what do we do here what's the next move let's make it happen i'm in i just finished my wife just finished the cover she's been super helpful with that oh um, so this is an ongoing project it's not like oh, yeah. you did it out of boredom in 2020 no no it's a long project <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um it started because someone asked me how many exercises i knew so then i'm just out of i don't care you asked i just wrote down the names of every exercise that i know and then that was like a 13-page document. I was like, okay. And I was like, well, now now I'm going to type up how to do those exercises. So then, then I started filling in them blanks. And then it was like, okay, now we need to do pictures. So that my wife, like you, is a very passionate photographer. Um, she came in. We did pictures of like, here's a starting position of that exercise. Here's the midpoint of that exercise. Here's the end. And then put those all in a book. And it's been a, it's been quite the process. So you're going to have the, what was Arnold's book? The Arnold Schwarzenegger Oh, the I can picture it. Bible encyclopedia, the, the, bodybuilding encyclopedia. Yeah, the yellow book. You're gonna have the Kurt Hartman movement manuals. Movement manuals. That was gonna be. Yeah. So there's gonna be three of them. Yep. Body weight, kettlebell, med ball. Yep. Now is this? Here's a pistol squat, and also here's a pistol squat with this variation, this variation, this variation. Or is it? There's some of that in there. I didn't yeah. go. I tried to stay out of the weeds too much. Because there's um, a lot of weeds. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you know, you start making like turn your foot this way and do it this one. You yeah. know, like and yeah. Demonstrate now you're, now you're getting these muscles working. Right. It's a, it gets a little. It's, it's I started doing that at first, and it started just. It's too much. I was like, this will never get done. It'd be like trying to address every jujitsu position mm-hmm. with all variations. Yeah, I mean, I, I think turn I my do... foot out a little, turn my foot in. Like, oh mm-hmm. god, we're gonna have. And you're feeling millions. the pressure here, so you go this way, and then pressure this way, then you go this way. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just how many different push-up styles, do you, you know, just variations of push-ups alone, variations of squats, you know, it just it gets out there pretty bad. Way, way deep. Yeah. See, my response to somebody saying, well, how many exercises do you know would be, uh do deadlifts. Yeah. <laughs> Knowing that I'm in the back of my brain going, okay, I'm going to have how many pages in a file on my mm-hmm. computer if I try to do this? Just yep. do some deadlifts. Shut yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> Stretch out once in a while. Yeah. Uh, that's freaking sweet. Yeah. It's been a frustratingly fun project. I bet. Yeah. I bet. But 
if you you know self-publishing i would assume is easier than ever I, I would imagine. I mean, effectiveness is maybe a different conversation, right? But like, you have access to make that stuff happen. Yeah. You know, my my buddy just sent a random picture into a company. They sent it back as a puzzle. Like, you can get stuff now. You know, yeah. it's very easy to make things. But having access, Emma, right? Yep. To to a good photographer, you've got the ideas. Why not make the damn book? Yeah. So what's are you gonna? print a bunch and sell it is that the idea i don't know you know i haven't really thought that far into it yet i just when i made it i just gave it to the members during the closure when they weren't allowed to right. come to the gym yeah, yeah. um so just so they could have stuff to do and i'd put a little exercise programs that they could do at home with no equipment that kind of stuff so right. mostly i've just given it away <laughs> don't do that i mean do that you know what i'm saying yeah but put a lot of time and effort into it this should be It'd be like starting a podcast with no plan for monetization. You wouldn't want to do that. You yeah, spend a lot of time working on it. Why do something for passion, right? Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Uh, what What else? You, you're, not, you're just a fitness guy and a, and a jiu-jitsu guy. What else you got? Man, um, I've recently got into archery. Sweet. Yeah. So uh, I went archery elk hunting. Got an elk last year. Freaking sweet! Yeah, so that was pretty cool. I never hunted before, really. That, oh, that was—I was about to that say was that first, wasn't that was your first, first animal I've ever gotten. I shot a bird, shot a couple birds. This was just a few months ago. This was September. Yeah, I, I you posted about it, right? Yep. Okay, yeah. Wait a minute, you shot a bird? Yeah, with a bow? No, no, that was a shotgun. It's <laughs> <laughs> like you're a ninja. That's crazy. But you know what? Oddly enough, I have. I shot a sparrow in the gym. I took a tip off an arrow because we had the garage door was open and a bird flew in. It wouldn't leave. You know, it was pooping all over the place. And I, I nicked it with an arrow to knock him out of the rafters. Did, <laughs> did it live? Yes. Okay. Good, good to hear that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> also, what? Yeah. You, you, sh- <clears throat> I feel like this was like a missed TikTok opportunity or something, like how to get a it bird was. out of your gym. Uh, it was in there for hours, uh, and we were trying to shut the lights off, open the door, so there was like a light for it to go to. Never works. Nope, didn't work. Um, it was a long process. The only drawback of the the like cultural shift toward industrial spaces for fun stuff, breweries and gyms, mm-hmm. and you always open up those garage doors, put a grill out there, and then and there's a bird in your yep. gym one day. <laughs> I've since learned we have a screen there now. So we smart. My father in law, who actually built my gym, my father in law and I. Um, he built like a frame thing in there, so I was able to put a screen so you can yeah. open it and there's just no more birds flying in. I want to revisit again, though, that you hit a sparrow with an arrow. Yeah, I made it worse. I actually just hit its leg, and then it was bleeding and pooping, flying around the gym instead of just pooping. <laughs> <laughs> and eventually, like, came down to the ground, and it, you carefully set it free, right? Yes. Okay. As, as parents were coming in for a kid's class. Oh, good. Yep. Lessons in being good to nature. Yep. <laughs> uh, you went bow hunting for elk. Yes. And your first time you got one. No, this is my third year. Okay. Um, this is my first time I got oh, one. It was the first time that you did get one. It wasn't yep. your first time and you got one, okay? Yep. Uh, what's that like? I've never done it. Man, it's one of the coolest things I've ever done. Uh, honestly, the hunting, all of it. Uh, I had a guy come in who was actually one of my best friends now, John. He wanted to get in shape for an elk hunt. And I was like, I don't know anything about that. Let me look into what you need to get in shape for. Cause he's like yeah. hiking in the mountains and everything. Yeah. So 
he came back and I had watched, you know, multiple hours of YouTube videos on El Constant. I was like, dude, this looks, looks pretty fun. And, you know, he's like, well, you ever shoot a bow? And I was like, middle school gym class, you know, does that count? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the old archery segment oh, gym. I forgot about that. Yeah. What a, what a nightmare that was. <laughs> and so he's like, well, just well, let's go shoot a bow. And then I met him out at A1 Archery in Wisconsin and ended up buying a bow that day. And then another guy from my buddy Josh was coming to class that he was going to go elk hunting. I'd never actually been camping or anything. I'd never slept in the tent. Sure. So it's all new experience. And uh, he's like, well, I'm going to go elk hunting out in Colorado in the back of the mountains. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, I'll, I'll go. And he, like, he didn't think anything of it. And like a week later, he comes back in the gym. I was like, oh, I got my, I got my tag. He's like, oh, you were serious. <laughs> he's like, have you ever been camping? I was like, no. He goes, okay. And we ended up backpacking in the mountains. Um, ended up just being a comedy of errors of just getting my ass kicked on the mountain. And then, uh, I was hooked just like the jujitsu got beat up. Yep. I was like, I'm in, what do I got to do to figure this out? Put a challenge in front of Kurt and Kurt will step up to the challenge. Huh? I'm hard headed that way. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Uh, from like start to finish, mm -hmm. tell me the story of this hunt. Like uh, from yeah. from like swung pickup door closed. Yeah, uh, my buddy John organizes great trip out in New Mexico, uh, road trip out there. So we stop in like Colorado for a couple nights, and then we get into Arizona, going and uh, hunting in the mountains of New Mexico. So it's right on the border there. I actually shot mine on the second day. Uh, it was like mid afternoon. I mean, these things are just they're huge. But you you had to hike out to. The camping location to then hike out to the hunting location or yeah so for the you didn't just pull into a parking lot walk into a tree line and no, wait around you know no, what i'm saying like no, no, i think a lot of non-hunters probably myself included have a skewed view of what it means to go and do a hunt like this yeah so, so you know you pack up you got your gear in your in your bag um you know layered up multiple layers of gear typically get into the mountain at like it's pitch black. I think we get out there at like 4, 4.30 in the morning, start hiking in. You can hear them screaming. Uh, they sound like demons out there. And then uh, you basically chase the screams or the bugles to get as close as you can to them. And with the bow, you know, you want to get within 30, 40 yards. So you want to get really, really close. You got to really sneak up on them. And uh, yeah, it's, it's wild. They can spot you from, I mean, they can smell you. If they hear you, it's, it's, wild to even get that close to them yeah my impression from the the little very little i know about hunting and wildlife and stuff and and it's kind of seems like more and more a prevalent topic on podcasts and and becoming more of a cultural phenomenon again yeah. hunting but like wildlife you don't see wildlife partly because you live in the suburbs right but also because they don't want you to see them correct wild animals know you're there. Yeah, you're in their house. You know, they can smell you, they can hear you, they can sense you. Like, yeah. you're not just going to walk into the woods and be like, nice, there's a thing, let's kill that and shoot it. And like, that's hunting. Like, it, it's a, it's a, a arduous transformational experience is my impression. Yeah, that worded much better than what I said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to summarize, make sure I'm hearing you right. Uh, so what do you, what do you do with an elk? Uh, I, we eat it. <laughs> that was the wild part too, is, you know, we, I'd, I'd never got an animal, so we took, cleaned it right there on the side of the mountain, hauled it off to a butcher and got the meat sent home. So 
been eating you gotta, lots like, of drag it out. We didn't have to do too far uh, for that one. Yeah. It wasn't too bad. Uh, a guy I was with was able to get his truck and come up close enough. Sure, save you, save you a few hundred. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it was probably four hundred something plus pound animal. I mean, it's a right big animal. You have to like quarter it and do it in phases we, and all that. We drug it up into the back of his truck, and it was the hardest workout I think I've done in a sure. long time. Yeah. It's like when you take meatheads and you, meaning like weightlifting kind of guys, my people, and you have them try jujitsu and they go, literally, what have I done with my body ever? Yeah. Why is this the hardest thing in the world? I've been, you know, doing CrossFit or whatever Forever. for yeah, 10 years and I just, I just can't even handle this. I'm going to puke or something. Yeah. Same sort of deal. You, 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 you're a fit guy, a strong guy, you're a grappling guy yeah. and still dragging a dead body. Yeah. To my knowledge, it's not something you had done. No. And it's and it turned out to be its own version of tough, right? Yeah, that's pretty cool. You doing it again? Yeah, this year. This Already September. jumping yep. right back in. Yep. Same uh, location, or are yep. you going to shake it yep. up? Yep. Same same crew. Yeah. It's awesome. It's a very lucky that I even get an invite to go on this this hunt. It's it's more of an experience than a, than a, a hunt. For my sure. buddy John does. It's the trip is great. The road trip out there is awesome. You know. Good people, just same thing. Jujitsu, just surrounded by good people. It's just, mm -hmm. it's awesome. That's the that's one of those things about quote unquote networking that your guidance counselor never told you either. Never. Is that like the the real networking is the cool life shit that comes from the fact? Oh that, yeah, yeah. Buddy of mine said he wanted to get in shape for elk hunting, and you know, suddenly three years later, you're living your life entirely different in some yeah. ways. Yeah, it's awesome. It's fun. Just elk. Uh, and I got a shot of deer this year as well, like a month later. <laughs> Where was that? Uh, that was in just outside of Stillwater, like Marina on St. Croix. Okay. And that was my buddy's backyard. The, they were just trying to, they had like, and it was not really a hunt. Well. It was, it was much easier. <laughs> you, you killed something. I think that's a, that's that's a lot of what people picture when they picture hunting is like some old timer standing next to his pickup truck on the road. There's a field, and you're he just, just wait, waiting for, for the traffic on the other road over there to wait to, to get the thing scared and coming to him. Like, I get it. Like, eh. yeah, this is not really the same experience. Yeah, it wasn't. not the same romance for no, sure. Definitely not. What's the best thing you ate off of that elk? Backstraps. Tell me about it. Oh, dude, what'd you so do? So good. Um, the first time I had him, we did like a sous vide. Cooked uh -huh. one and then just seared them. Mm -hmm. It's about as good as it gets right there. No seasoning or anything. It just, it's like some of the best meat I've ever had. Good good meat you shouldn't need to add much, no. right? And prepared well you shouldn't yep. need to add. A little Woodford, you're good to go. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can add, but you shouldn't need to. I actually have uh, venison backstraps in my freezer. Yum. I don't know what to do with them. We definitely eat them. You know what? I, I give them to Wendy, my girlfriend, because she's like a fucking world class chef, in my awesome. opinion. But I just <clears throat> just now remembered that I have those. Year I went with this John, so not this year where I got the elk. The year prior, yeah. Um, the last night of the hunt, we didn't get anything. And, mm -hmm. Um, we we're having drinks afterward, and he knew I didn't drink. He was like, "Oh, it's the last night of the hunt. You know, drink up." I didn't talk from the time we left camp the next day. To the time we got to Colorado, because I was so just hung over from wondering, just in the back, like. Uh. So you, you yeah, like a little, like a little modest pour. You said one drink. 
stiff, yeah. stiff, <laughs> stiff, big drink. Yeah. And uh, he's like, you want some, want some water in there? I'm like, isn't that what the ice is for? And his response is, you're an adult. <laughs> One man's decision. Yeah. Yep. Tell me this: How do I get invo- in, invited to this hunt? Do you have invitation power? I don't. Yeah, I, I didn't figure you did. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things that is kind of on my list. I have a long fucking list. Like, if you were like, "Hey, Matt, tell me something you're interested in," I'd be checking my watch. Like, okay, how much time? You yeah, got? what do you got? You know, I, yeah. I got a serious list. So, what's at the top? At the top. Of my personal list of interests, I don't know. Okay. It, I don't have a list so much as I have a, a notebook page in my head with scribblings all yeah. over it. That I can't prioritize anything. But that take, getting that type of an experience seems really, really cool. Yeah. And it's just another reminder that you're not as strong or fit or focused or pick your pick your word as you think you are. It's yeah. another version of a challenge that everybody should probably encounter, I think. Yeah. That's well and that's what drew me to archery is it's just it's a it's a discipline. It's is, another, that, is that a thing you're practicing regularly now then? Yeah. I shoot cold. it's cool. been although I haven't shot my bow in a couple months, but um I I've shot thousands within the last couple of years, thousands upon thousands of arrows. I mean I'm I get obsessive. Well sure. I it, it, it's weird to me when people don't mm-hmm. like I know a lot of people that don't get obsessive and like I mean even you've probably done the same thing I've done where you're like six months all in on a thing and then you set it down and never go back yeah, well, yeah. that's less weird that. than not it's weird to me that people don't get obsessed yeah well how, how? you gotta how are you gonna get good at anything if you don't dive what? into it and I don't even mean that yeah that but like you're not curious. Like I'm dangerously curious. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to hear about a thing, look it up, research it, go buy the stuff, start doing it. And it might flame out in six months. So you probably have a scary Google history. No, I have zero Google history. Really? <laughs> Precautionary <laughs> measures. Uh, no. But it, you know what I mean? Like, like, it's weird to me that that people wouldn't be interested. Like, so you're, you're like, yeah, I'm into bow hunting or I'm into archery. I'm like, well, yeah, of course you are. It's the next thing. Let's go. Yeah, you're pretty good. No, I don't know. I mean, I can I can shoot decent groups. I sh- like the elk I shot this year. I shot at 50 yards or 53 yards. That's so far away. And it's it's and it was a good shot, like a really, and I felt great about it. I've never nice. been steadier. It was a it was a really good clean shot. One sure. shot done. Um, I wouldn't shoot farther than that, though. Like even as a like, I was like, "That's my max." That's but, like, so far. Targets, I, targets. I, I'll shoot a target, however far, just because it's just a target. Yeah, that's but fun. For, for an animal, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go past. You'd want to make sure you could keep it clean. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, but fifty is so far. It was a shot. Oh my god! And I, I don't know if that's considered far. Like if there's hunters listening, they're like, "Dude, that ain't, that ain't no big deal." You know, I'm sure know. there's some that are. But, but I have stood on a football field at 50 yards yep. and look to the goal line and trying to do anything that far with accuracy. Yeah. And I mean, you're it's trying impressive. to put it on a little plate, right? You know, from you're that hitting a softball. Yeah. And I hit him while he was walking. Nice. Yeah. Caught him in motion. See, you guys, we should have had you sell this. This is actually <laughs> impressive. It's your first hit. It was clean. It was moving. Yeah. It was eerie. So I, I told the guys afterwards, as I was drawn back, I was like, talking to myself like what wow, this like i felt steadier than i've ever felt before as i was waiting to take the shot which like freaked me out like i was like why am i so steady 
and I was just like super calm. Yeah, and then the flow state kind of I, thing. Going yeah, on. yeah, yeah, definitely in like a flow state. And then uh, cool. there was an opening between two trees. It's like a dome. And no. as, as he was walking through there, I hit him, and then I was like, I felt good. And then I saw him like he went behind the tree, and as he came out from behind that tree, I knew it was a good shot. And then he went maybe 40, 50 yards, and he went and laid down, and he was done. Yeah. So it was a trick shot too. You're going in between tree branches and stuff. Kind of a little Sweet. bit. It was a it was it was wild. It was a That's really cool. Yeah. Where, I had one lane to shoot in and he happened to walk right into that lane. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Sweet. It was cool. It's a movie scene. You live I, I will scene. never I will never forget it. It's it, like I said it's one of the coolest things I've ever done. Definitely. Top 3. Yeah. Married kids. <laughs> Good man. Elk. Good man. <laughs> <laughs> above above jujitsu black belt. That's, close. It's so hard. I would say close. Nah, I don't know, man. That's you know a lot goes into the you know, just time, just sheer time difference in the black belt. That was. It still doesn't even seem real that I got my black belt jujitsu. Really? Yeah. What do you mean? I don't know. Like I just I, I, you know you train for so long and don't really think about the belt anymore, basically and. To know that I got it from Greg and under Pedro Sauer, like that was just was cool, really cool. You have to do it so much that it's just a normal day to day thing. Yeah. And now some guy says, "Hey, you're one of the best at this." Yeah, it's weird. So it's weird. Yeah, it doesn't. It's my wife gets on me for that stuff all the time too. It just seems normal to me because it's just what I go do. But yeah, when you take a step back and say, "Hey, you got your black belt," you'd say anyone who's. I mean, look at all these guys. You know, look at mm-hmm. Ish. You know phenomenal one of the best instructors in the world greg but all these guys these cool guys that we get to be around you know they all obviously have their black belts and they've had this passion forever that they've carried on and they now they're sharing it with all these other people and it's just you're you're surrounded by great people in that in that category so it's pretty Mm -hmm. cool to like think about it like that it's and now we are thinking about that it's a weird thing to have normalized such that it feels like no big deal yeah like you're surrounded by a bunch of masters yeah it's wild but it's Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? It's just, yeah. <laughs> Open mat Tuesday, no big deal. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Where are you going to hunt next? Do you have like hunting goals then? I want to do Montana. Really bad. I just love Montana. I just, Why? The, the mountains, the scenery out sure. there is really. Why? Cool. It was the dumbest thing I could have said. <laughs> uh, my wife was actually born in Montana as well. So we go, we've gone out there a few times. Do so you have like, ties and access to yep. get out there for a hunt yep where 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 do I uh hunt? she's from kalispell so it's like right outside of glacier park just beautiful down the road from the where you'd want to hunt then yep right, right in there right in there yeah. same thing out there then elk yeah yeah there's some good elk out there can you do an elk bugle i'm kind of jumping i around cannot <laughs> I, I, there's an art form it is a weird scream that i wouldn't expect to come out of that animal yeah it's a when i heard that that was the noise that they made. You look it up and you're like, really? Okay. Yeah. That's not even close. Because I, it, it's like a whistle. Kind of, yeah. It's like a, I, it's like a high-pitched whistle scream. I was doing a whistle at the gym one time. And one, a gym member came up and asked me if I was a hunter. And I was like, that's a random question, man. I, I'm, I'm I thought not. you were bugling. And he's like, well, you just did like an elk bugle. And I was like, bugle? Like those things you put on your fingers, those chips from chips. the gas station. <laughs> no. uh, let me see if I can go. Hmm. Hmm. 
Hmm. I can't get yeah, it. You're not gonna, I, I, have, I, have, I, have a, I have a huge chunk of scar tissue down here, so I don't whistle for nothing. I can't quite get the pitch. You almost had it there. It did yeah, have the fluctuation, too. There's like a, there's a, a level you get to, and apparently he was like, oh, that was spot on. So then I went and YouTube, and I'm like, that animal makes it's, that noise. It's nuts. That's why when you said they're screaming like demons in pre-dawn hours, I was yeah. like, that's actually well, going sound strange. So you hike into the mountains, and you can't see. It's pitch black. And the first couple times we got close to them, they're so close that when they do it, you can feel them do it. And you can't see where they are, so you're just like, and all, you know, you got you got your arrow with a tip on, it, like, <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> I am a, uh, a voracious horror movie fan. Okay, so everything you just described there might be hard pass. Well, and I'm a weirdo. <laughs> like I I like love scene. that stuff. I I go into I don't know what it is. Sure, sure. And I, like I'm in fundamentally. Like yeah, yeah. let's go. I'll, I'll join. But at the same time, I'm just thinking of like the last three movies I watched. Going, this is the opening scene. First guy's about to die. This is terrifying. So, what's your favorite horror movie, dude? That's Can of Worms. Did I open Pandora's box? <sighs> it's that's tough to say. I can't. It's just like it's just like the okay. What's on your list of interests? Like oh, maybe it's not a list. It's just a grouping. You know what I mean? But now I have an idea for a movie. It starts with an elk hunt because what you just described is awesome. Yeah, it's chilling. Challenge anybody you know to wander. Like we're near a park here. Mm-hmm. To wander into the tree line pre-dawn. Yeah. Anybody so, you know, some people like, don't like it. That, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, and especially like somebody like kind of skeptical or not into the hunting thing. Yeah, walk into the woods. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> just one <laughs> tiny layer of to all the, point of where, the like, elements. You can't see the edges of the trees. Just right. Go. Yeah. You can't see a thing. Mm-hmm. And that's with light pollution because we're near the city and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Just there's so many elements to to that that just seems awesome. Yeah. It's it was like life changing. <laughs> it was yeah. it was wild. Um. There's on a, a recent uh, conversation I had with uh, Topper Braddock from Akagi. He described taking his son, who was sick with cancer, on a hunting trip, and it was like it was the the life altering. Let's go and do this big thing for the moment that it is, and and you know the yeah. the, the heartwarming sell of it. Yeah. But I and I didn't really push the conversation. But I'm like. Also, all the other elements of hunting, like regardless of yeah, what what else what else is there in the moment, it just seemed like a really cool way to do that sort of gesture. I guess. Yeah, it's huge. I haven't heard that one. I'll have to check that one out. It, it was a couple ago as we sit here recording. Uh, really interesting story. Um, buckle up. What else? What should we talk about? Let's hear about some of the powerlifting. Powerlifting? Yeah. What? What? The, How long have you been doing that? The, like, what got you interested in that? Powerlifting yeah. is this uh, the strength sport that I never did because it seemed boring. Yeah? I competed primarily in, in strongman. Strongman, okay. Because it's like a little bit kind of like jujitsu where you're not going to get bored. Like, powerlifting is squat, bench, dead, one rep yeah, each, as heavy as you can, so there's no boredom involved in that. But it's squat, bench, dead, squat, bench, dead, squat, bench, mm-hmm. dead. Strongman, especially back in the day, strongman was, all right, here's the eight events for the day. One of them's a medley, so it's actually four events. Yeah. You show up to the venue and 
two of the events aren't going to work with the space, so we're going to freestyle and do something. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was Wild West, and it yeah. was fun, and you'd lift in kegs and pull in semis, and it's just, let's go do cool shit. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, powerlifting was boring. Like, I was into it because I was a 15-year-old boy. Like, yep. big, strong, awesome. That's good. We're going to yep. be interested in that. But it, it never appealed to me from a competition standpoint. What got me into powerlifting was... Uh, being a meathead trainer in a big box fitness center and basically knowing that none of you people realize how bored you are with this. Like, good on you for showing up. Good on you for doing all these exercises and, and doing everything you think you're supposed to do, but you just don't realize how boring this is. So yeah. powerlifting was the option that was accessible and approachable to all the normies in that big box fitness Got center. It. Yeah, right? it was a gateway. They're, they're non-meatheads, and they're doing fitness because, yeah, they like it, but also it's boring, kind of arduous. And I said, let's use this as a competitive outlet to spice up our feel for this repetitive hamster wheel gym experience yeah. that you've, you've gotten into. And the things that I personally never liked about powerlifting are exactly what worked well for the people who I've gotten into it. Just three simple lifts, a couple other things for some structural balance. If you needed yep. to, you could bang it out in 45 minutes. You could spend two hours training, you know. Yeah. But it was accessible, approachable, and different than mm -hmm. the Olympic lifts in that my my progress arc to good, you know, you get to safe in almost everything pretty quick, especially yeah. if you you know, make people realize there's, there's stupid versions of what we're doing. And as long as you don't do that, we're in the okay. safe department, yeah. but to get to good where you can kind of feel like, all right, that's kind of cool getting the hang of these things and powerlifting, you know, it's a few weeks, frankly, you know, especially mm -hmm. if I have somebody diligently repeating and practicing and whatever, you're, you're a few weeks and you're a few months away from like, nice, I'm going to be good at competing in it to whatever good might be, you know, not world records, but like I go and I hit PRs on yeah, the platform. Yeah, you're going to break some records, personal records. Whereas like Olympic lifting good is like two years, <laughs> you know, with diligence. It's a much more dynamic, uh, hard to master thing for a lot of people, especially given that, you know, most of the people that I ever brought to a powerlifting meet which again is just an off branch originally of being a big box gym personal trainer. Yeah. Were women of a certain age, shall we say, whose main focus was not this stuff. They had kids in high school or kids in elementary school. They played a sport, maybe, mm -hmm. especially some of the older gals that I've worked with where, you know, their access to sports just wasn't as awesome as some of like the younger gals, you know, and it, it was just, it was a, a, a good, I use the word gateway to a bigger version of working out in fitness. Yeah. You know what I mean? Almost a distracting element. <laughs> like, but, but a game of driving motivating force. Yeah, something well. to work on and feel empowered with and whatnot. Like actually one of the gals who I was thinking of as we're talking about this, a client of mine, Robin, texted me a video of her third heavy single squat from the day. She's a couple weeks out from uh, doing a meet. And like she... I don't I don't think played any sports. Showed up to a YMCA, showed up to a big box gym and 
was told to go talk to a trainer and got put across from this scary looking meathead dude. And, you know, he said stuff that sort of made sense for fitness. So she started so she, she did know, it. following what he was saying. Yeah. And then he started talking about this powerlifting thing. And she, she kind of went, you know what? Fuck it. What is that? What's that mean? Tell me about that. And now she's done. I added it up. She's deadlifted over 200 pounds, like 20, 18 or 20 different times in competition. So second attempt, third attempt. You know, she get like a kid in college. Yeah. You know, just a lady, just a gal. Yeah. It's a normal person, you know. But you, if you, it's a little bit like the ju- impression of fighting and jujitsu and stuff thing. If you went up to regular folks and you said, could you deadlift 200 pounds? They'd be like, what the hell are you talking about? I don't know what that word means. And 200 yeah. sounds like a lot. Yeah. They could. You know, they're nine months away or 18 months away. So it kind of became a, a tool for empowerment. So like she sent me this video sort of like, hey, coach, what do you think? And she's so well rehearsed and so crisp and even like she banged the plates on the uprights on her setup and it usually throws people off Well, she just keeps going and setting up and yeah. takes her time. And it's like a perfect rep. Like I have nothing to say. So I can even read to you the text that I sent her because it actually feeds the the point here like the empowerment point is she's so she sent me a video looking for like technical feedback and i said you've never regularly and as confidently been this strong that was the feedback i gave her and she heart reacted it like just now actually it's beautiful. because like that's the point you know mm-hmm. and she and she so she could have showed up to the gym and done some random stuff with weights and used that machine that moves the body parts like this and suffered on that bike for a while and then like left. Yep. But I think the powerlifting thing for a good number of people, just as a matter of a, to use my buddy Josh's term, a campfire in that little community in that fitness center. It was a little campfire for people to gather around, something to talk about. It's a shared experience they're the all having. experience, and it, yeah. Yeah. And it sort of centralizes your efforts to, to get fitter. What does that mean? Get fit. But like, okay, but what does that mean? Like, can I quantify it a little bit, you know? So it's just an easy, concise, accessible way to empower people that like they can follow through on a thing and do something that's going to be perceived as like, wow. Yeah. And then just actually quantifiably get stronger, get better. Well, and look at all the other positive impacts that that's probably had on her day-to-day life. You know what I mean? Like you said, the empowerment, the confidence, the the sheer drive to want to go and do that, to to want to perform to that next level. It's that's what it's all about, man. That's 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 my favorite thing about the gym is the stuff that wouldn't be super quantifiable. Yeah, you know, just the, leaving that positive impact in someone's life. That's that's the best part. Nobody gives a shit what they can bench press or name the exercise. Yeah, they like what changes in them, how they feel after they improve or hit a certain number. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. fundamentally who gives a fuck, but what it tells you is happening within that person is, is much, much bigger. One of my favorite things, it was a, a springtime tradition actually for a while was I would catch feedback from people who started in like the winter mm-hmm. or last fall. You know, the kids went back to school. Like, all right, I got to get to the gym. You know, we always saw an uptick, like a New Year's Day yep. kind of thing in the fall. And things normalize, quote unquote. Um, would be come springtime, those people that stuck with it and stayed diligent all winter, they're doing all that yard cleanup, all the raking and lugging the bags Their daily around. activities. And, and they were like, 
you know, it was so much easier this year. And you're like, yes. Yeah. Very predictable. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. You know, but simple feedback like that. I mean, that that's what sells it for the clients, for the people you work with is when they move the couch more easily to run the vacuum underneath it. You know? Yeah. One of my favorites was I can bend down and play with my grandkids and I, I my knees don't hurt when I stand up. That, that's that's so like my good. greatest accomplishment in my career. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like how cool is that? I don't right. care like what weight you lift overhead. That's, that's winning. <laughs> right. I told, exactly. That that's one of the I always talked about uh lifting the couch to do the vacuum. I don't know why that became a thing. Probably because one time I like haphazardly grabbed a couch with one arm and raised it up and ran a vacuum under it and thought, well, this is like incredible Hulk stuff. That'd be a good video for ask. you to post right there. Yeah, there there's my TikTok, <laughs> yeah. That one, the Morton System Saver Salt bag, because they all know it's mm-hmm. a big forty pound luggable bag. Yeah. And especially with the advent of sandbags and gyms and stuff, it's like, let's train for some Morton System Saver Salt, you know. Yeah. Uh, and the, the, the playing with the grandkids thing, that's, that's a line I've used for years. Like you're not here for body fat and for cool, great, but you do want to be able to like actually interact with your, your grandkids when they're there. And I always said that to people whose kids are like in junior high, you know, they're going to be there someday and you want to be there too. 100%. Exactly. That's it to the T. I mean, and you need to be able to move pain-free so think of quality of life, but hitting that huge PR, like you were saying, if you, for some of the powerlifting stuff, and if you get to push it too far, <laughs> you can go, you can go awry. And that's where the the difference there. Yeah, all activities come with risk, but um, part of the a process of good powerlifting coaching, I think, especially when you are dealing, like you're not dealing with seventeen year old Matt Browse, you know. Yeah. Like I was an animal about it. Whatever you said, rock and roll, I, I kind of already knew because I Googled it anyway. You yeah. know, like, I mean, the obsessive personality thing. It, You've got like a, almost a meditative approach to things where like you're not just unracking a bar, backing up, squatting up and down. Like every inch, every second of your engagement with this barbell, it needs to be mindful yeah, and which, routinized. Routinized, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I, I've always said it, like good coaching you should you should be able to coach movements without moving. I like that. Right. Like I should be able to sit here while you stand there with a kettlebell and through wording and phrasing elicit to you what it means to hinge at the hip. Yeah. You know, and work into swings and stuff. Because fundamentally, me as the practicer, that's what I'm doing. I have a series of cues in my brain that I'm rehearsing, you know. Even it's a step count or, or timing of breaths and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think the having people who you wouldn't generally recommend work up into one rep maxes. Like Robin came into the gym looking to lose a few pounds, like everybody. Yeah. And in, in not instead, along with that, she's also one rep maxing in high pressure situations in tournaments, back squats, bench press, deadlift. In a general sense, you don't recommend that. That's not the way to go. This is a risk-reward thing mm-hmm. that's not there. But training for it as if it's a meditative, mindful practice mm-hmm. makes it entirely safer. It doesn't entirely yeah. remove the risk, but sure. like you are in this moment thinking and doing nothing else. Yeah, and she's, well, like you said, she's, she's training for it. She's, yeah. her, she's getting her body ready to do that. Right. That's great. That's awesome. And escaping life. 
mm-hmm. for the 45 seconds of those three reps or whatever, yeah. you know. That's what exercise and martial arts has done for my life. That's that's how I got hooked. I just kept going down that rabbit hole. That was my that was my escape or my outlet. Which again, how do people not get obsessed? Yeah. <laughs> like you wouldn't need to learn to meditate if you went and did stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's not right, but like doing things, learning things is the meditation. Yeah. For me, for my brain. Yep. Yeah, my brain doesn't shut off, so I just gotta I gotta keep moving to keep it. Keep it quiet. Harness the energy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a great drill. Like you were talking to is just walking someone through it. Like talking. If you've got your back to me and I can't see you and I need to describe how to get something done, what words am I going to use? Right. Yeah. That's what, fun. What phrasing is familiar to you, effective for me to elicit the idea? Mm-hmm. Can you give me advice? On what? So one of the <laughs> things, one of the things... <laughs> I know a lot about a little and a little about a lot. <laughs> Crochet. Uh, one of the things I regularly ask is if if people can conjure it up to, is to give advice for each belt level, mm-hmm. so to speak, or for the just in general, the pursuit of jujitsu. Yeah. So I definitely want your answer on that. But I also want um, maybe relative to jujitsu again, but I want fitness and health advice too. Okay. Not me necessarily. We'll do that off mic. We, got we, it. We, we, we got <laughs> that'll be a, be a later too, chat. But yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, conjure up an answer to that for me. Yeah. Uh, well, for jujitsu, um, I was like the old cliche one: the tap early, tap often. You know, swallow. You just don't have an ego. And generally, leads to you getting hurt. Um, for most belts, I mean, that's just kind of the, from top to bottom. I don't know if I break it down sectionally by belts. Ideally, you should have a pretty good idea what's going on by and a blue, early purple. Um, no pressure. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> you know, you'll still have to have certain habits that you'll naturally just grab. That'll be your move, whatever. Maybe that's you like an arm bar. Or you like a like to get to pass guard to mount to this way. You know, you'll start to grease the groove on those paths. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll generally, you know, it's kind of like the standard is usually purple, brown belt. You're having a good idea, and then. Black just becomes a matter of time after you just keep showing up. <laughs> so there's, there's no special sauce. But if you have that ego and if you're fighting everything the whole time and making it hard, you're bound to suffer some tweaks along so the way. So that's the special sauce. Yeah. Check it. Check it. Check I'm the ego keep, at the door. Can we keep doing these interviews, conversations? I hate interviews. Yeah. Uh, until somebody tells me what the fucking special sauce is. <laughs> you're all a bunch of liars. I don't know. I mean, I like I said, I had the ego part, and I used to play a flexible game, and I'd let people kind of smash me a little bit, and then you know, tweak my neck, and then didn't do that anymore. So it just don't be an idiot. <laughs> Keep it simple. I didn't ask you for life <laughs> advice, but since we're getting there, don't be an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, get, you got any unique fitness considerations for jujitsu? Like. A bunch of us 30-year-old people mm-hmm. are wandering into jiu-jitsu gyms now because mm-hmm. we're established in life and we're missing our high school sporting endeavors. Uh, for that, probably, I mean, focus on slow, controlled, full-range motion stuff is going to be huge uh, just for keeping your joints healthy, things like that. Uh, you're not going to need to be doing super high box jumps and exploding and doing all this wild, you know, crazy stuff in the gym that's going to not have any benefit to your jiu-jitsu game. 
Uh, work your grip. That is that's kind of standard for jiu-jitsu and for life for fitness. You mm-hmm. should have a good grip for whatever it is you want to do. So train those train those hands. Which feeds into life advice again. Get a grip. Get a you? grip exactly. <laughs> uh, hand strength, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, you say slow, controlled, full range of motion. What's that mean? So most of us, I mean, obviously, if you have, don't have any structural issues in your joints, you don't have any, you know, plates or things holding in your way. Your joints should have a set range of motion that they should be able to go through. Most people limit that by sitting too much or not feeding enough oil into the system, getting the joints greased up a little bit. So uh, a lot of people don't train the mobility properly. So then they're too stiff and rigid, which ends up leading to more stiffness, more rigidity, and higher rate of injury along the way. That brain-body connection you mentioned earlier a little bit, was that's pretty key too, making sure you're connected to what you're doing, being fully aware of your movements and your movement patterns, you'll be able to better engage your muscles that way by creating that neural connectivity. And then, uh, yeah, train your nervous system too. There's all kinds of fun little, you know, gym movement or what was it? Z health was the big thing back in the day. Mm-hmm. Still around. All, all the neurology stuff you can train into the body is pretty, pretty vital too. I have had, you referenced this. So I have had, uh, a client jump. Mm-hmm exactly zero times in 15 years of training people. Mm-hmm. Now I've worked with athletes mm-hmm. where they do sports. So we start teaching the mechanics of landing and, and mm-hmm. augmenting their ability to jump. Yeah. But zero times have I had anybody jump whose goal was the usual three to five things that most people's goal is. Yeah. I've had a, I mean, it's just while, the, the box jumps and the explosive, you know. Like, yeah. So many things look good on the internet. Yeah. But aren't necessarily pertinent to real people in real life. No. It's, as with saying in martial arts, it's all about the fundamentals. That get get good, get really really ridiculously good at the most boring stuff. Yeah. And it's going to have carryover into everything else you're going to do because you it, built your foundation. That's actually like one of the. I've got some video content things relating to fitness that I'm working on. And Mm -hmm. the first one or second one is going to be this line that I've used for years and years. Again, by and large, working in a big box fitness center, uh, trying my best to convince people to embrace boredom at the gym. Like, don't do a lot of anything. You haven't exercised in 12 years. So do a little bit of very easy things as often as you can. Meaning once a week, if that's what mm-hmm. it needs to be, but let it be boring, mm-hmm. you know, cause like the standard entrance into going to the gym again is I did 15 minutes of this and 30 minutes of that and 15 minutes mm-hmm. here. And then I stretched out and I went home. He did an hour and a half of exercise, which is a bajillion times the normal amount for your body. Mm-hmm. And then you never showed up again. Yep. I always said, if, if you can bear the boredom of taking what you would have done today, Monday, yeah. January 1st and spreading it out over the next 10 days, you'll be way better off. Yeah. Well, it's consistency. Yeah. You spread out that way. But do, just, do the best you can yep. with what you have and build from there. Is that the gym slogan? Is that under the, no. do the best you can? With no. No. My, my favorite for there? that is uh, quality over quantity until you can produce a quantity of quality. That's good. It's a little good. tongue twister. Yeah. I'm not even going to try it, but it's good. <laughs> I like it. 
What else, man? Are we done? That's it, I think. Okay. Right? Do we hit all the topics? Oh, what never. do you want to know? I've never we hit all the again, topics. This is yeah, fun. yeah, we'll have to do it again for sure. Thanks, brother. Yeah, thank you. And that wraps up another BSing with a Black Belt edition of the Pohada Podcast. Hopefully you all enjoyed that conversation. Learned a little bit about Kurt. And unfortunately, maybe a little bit about me. Stay tuned later in the week for another short episode. Probably a Matt Side Musing and tune in next week for my BSing with the Black Belt with the one and only Akila. Please rate, please like, please share with a friend. Anything to help grow the show is very much appreciated. Cheers. <laughs>